Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Nintendo! Chat for the week of March 3rd, 2016. I had to wait a second. That was almost Very the nice. Christopher no, Walken edition of Nintendo Voice Chat. I am Jose Otero. I'm here with Brian Altano. Hi, I just want to point out real quick. We did a dry run of the intro to the show, and you started with Andelay Holmes. And I love that. I wish we yeah. did that every week. Uh, maybe. Well, maybe one week. And also this week, joining us is Per Schneider. Hi, Jose. It is a special day, gentlemen, because right. today, of all days, Nintendo Direct is here, and there's a there, it, there's a lot to talk about, and there's not a lot to talk about. Mm. It was an okay Direct. Let's start off from the top, right? Like, not a ton of great things, but also nothing bad. Nothing right. outright bad. You know what I'm trying to say? It's, Just a lot of stuff feels like it's coming. Totally. And I think it's it's followed their sort of like direct uh, pattern or habit of a couple of singles and doubles. If you know, for going by like baseball, <laughs> I remember terms. your baseball. Terms. Yeah, not a, not a lot, up. not a ton of home runs, not even a grand slam. Even uh, we haven't gotten a grand slam from them in a very long time. Uh, that will obviously be the next Zelda trailer we get or release date or whatever. But you know, I, I kind of like the way that they take a bunch of smaller announcements that would mostly just be emailed to people in a press release that we'd probably skip over and package them into one sort of magical 42 minute thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, I think it's all about expectations, right? Like yeah. they, there are not a lot of companies that have consistent rollout of, of kind of announcements and community facing videos. And so if you compare that to some of the other companies that announce titles twice yeah. a year, obviously it's great to get these regular updates, but you cannot walk in always expecting greatness. Like, you know, we're sitting here going like, we want Zelda release date. We want Zelda yeah. trailer. We want yeah. Pikmin yeah, 4 take... announced. We want NX. We went, you know, and no, so yeah. you're not going to, you're not going to get that. It's E3 is the big announcement uh, time, I feel. Well, wait a minute. We have had directs that have blown us away in some, in some capacity. I mean, yeah. November, Cloud and Smash blew up the internet. That yeah, yeah no, that was cool. Was that was really a good one. Well yep. Paced. Yep. Yeah. It feels like they have these, you know, it, it happens every once in a while. You have one that just blows you away. There's things you would yeah. never have expected. And then you have some that, okay, this is a bunch of stuff that's coming it's, out and we're excited about it, but are you excited about yeah, it? Yeah, this was the, the Kirby, the Kirby of 
of directs, right? Yeah. yeah. Like there were there were a lot of games showing, obviously. Good. I mean, two two more than two games revealed in here, right? Yeah. So there there were a bunch of announcements, but they were not the they were not the kind of I gotta mark my calendar for this game's release kind of announcements yeah. in general, right? And I, sure, sure. I think the yeah. timing even on announcing when the direct was going to happen had helped to sort of curb expectations to a slight degree. You think so? Uh, yeah, there was like a 48-hour lead on this one. It was like, we're doing a direct in two days, and all of a sudden we got it. It was like, okay, cool. I like that because there's been times where you know about it for four or five days or whatever it feels like, and by that time, you know, there's the, the expectations are through the roof. Well, and they yeah. set expectations off the bat, right? Immediately in the press, in the press release or the emails, it yep. was no NX, no mobile. Like just First time I've ever seen them halt. do that, too. No, they, they've <laughs> done it plenty of times. Actually, they will say, like, we're not talking about either of these. Which surprised me only because Mitomo is coming out later this month. However, there is the whole, like, when we talk, you know, when uh, we spoke to Reggie D3, where he said something along the lines of, when you look at someone's, like, E3 presentation, he was talking about it within the E3 capacity, but I think it still applies to gamers in general. Sure. S- folks will look at this and go, I don't want to see this here. Like, this doesn't fit here, so to speak. I'm not quoting him directly, but that's roughly mm-hmm. what he was saying. Um, and so I think right out of the gate, they just set those expectations. And so you go and going, okay, well, what are they going to show me? And we knew some of the things, right? We knew they were going to talk about Star Fox. We knew they yep. were going to talk about uh, Pokken Tournament. We knew they were going to be talking about um, some other games that you know, have been on the books for some time. But then we got you know, Paper Mario, and we got uh, a new Kirby game, and we got some, I mean, Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix. I'm so happy Yay, about that. Yeah, it's coming. You know? Yes, thank yeah. you. Uh, that's what I wanted. And now I just hope... Um, that we'll we'll see how the changes turned out, right? Yeah, that's the. I think the the what you took away from this direct and how you felt about it depends on whether you are kind of a you're a pundit, a a journalist, or a hyper fan of Nintendo is looking mm-hmm. for that next big thing that will that will not to quote the man, but the the not great man <laughs> will make Nintendo great again, right? Yes. It's like, you need... Oh. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Oh. I am so sorry. That's yes. an Andros quote, That's right. right. That yeah, is... Yeah, make I mean, Andros Trump again. He's, he's practically <laughs> um, Andros. Uh, Let's not name him. No, he's but, like Voldemort. But, but the... Uh, um, no, it's it's like if you're if you care about Nintendo to that level where you're waiting for this big project that makes you uh, that gives you ammo to go to your friends and say like you must own Wii U, um, you'll walk away disappointed. If you're a person who owns a 3DS and you're looking for the next game to play, like hearing about stuff like Monster Hunter yeah. is awesome, right? Well, or hearing about Paper Mario and yeah. all that. Yeah, and people who were disappointed, and there was obviously some because there's some every time a Nintendo Direct rolls around, and I'm not trying to pick on you. Yeah, but. The folks who point out still no NX, still nothing to say there. I think they have to be very careful about when they pull the covers off this thing. And the minute they do, like, you know, the rest of their software lineup is kind of going to sit in purgatory because yeah, yeah. a lot of folks are going to be like, well, I don't it, have to buy this now. It fe- I, I said this to someone. It, the, the Wii U titles felt like end of life cycle lineup, right? <laughs> and that's ignoring the fact that there is a Zelda game out there. But that happened with GameCube, too. There was yeah. a massive Zelda game at mm. the end of the system's life cycle, but everything else were of the kind of the Kirby variety, yeah. I'd say. And that, that's not to slag off Kirby, but they're smaller games, right? They're simpler, smaller games than not your giant uh, giant titles that move systems and, yep. and yeah, have people good, running to stores. It, I thought it was, a good, it was a good way to sort of fill out the the rest of the year's libraries yep. for the, both the respective systems. Well, at least until the summer. Well, yeah, there, will be, summer, there will yeah. be more in the fall, <laughs> yeah. presumably, right? Yeah, um, I mean, I was actually kind of sitting there the looking at... A game with a sword. And yeah. Arrow I was looking at my 3DS the other day, and I've been like, you know, there's some, there's been some cool stuff here and there, but I wonder what this year's going to look like for it. Yeah. Like, what's... What are the... How long are the legs on this on this platform at this point? Like, does it go... 
Is it still getting new releases all through 2017, 2018? Like, are we starting to wind down there too? Like, what's happening with all this stuff? Sure. So, and yeah. it was good to see that there was like, there's actually a bunch of cool stuff coming. In and addition to Pokemon, right? Yeah. Which well, is obviously a massive say, Christmas title. Christmas is yeah. saved. Yeah. Like, they yeah. have nothing to worry about this holiday because yeah. a new Pokemon title is going to deliver. Yeah, like, when has it not? Yeah, no, that's pretty big. I did like to, and we can go into more detail whatever yeah, we want to talk about, but like, yeah. I did like the focus finally on the new Nintendo 3DS. It's almost like they forgot that they that they released a new yeah. system upgrade and there was finally a tension there where there's an exclusive feature that's pretty significant mm -hmm. and then, you know, special kind of support for games like um, Federation Force. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, there we go. All right, so let's start with the first big thing they talked about then, which was Star Fox Zero. Yeah. Kicked it off with uh, a pretty big, uh, at least in terms of this is a AAA Wii U title, a Miyamoto game. Miyamoto produced games are very important to Nintendo in terms of promotion, in terms of what they do. He's excited about Star Fox. He was excited when he announced it in 2014. And we, I feel like we're finally excited about Star Fox, or at least I feel like you two are. I oh, went yeah, into E3 yeah. with a, a bit more measured expectations, but that's kind of my role. Like That's how I always kind of go in. Mm -hmm. Whereas you've kind of turned around, right? Oh, right? totally. Yeah. And I, it's like, let's to trace it back real quick, the first time I ever saw this game, Jose, was with you behind closed doors with yeah. uh, Bill Trin and Shigeru Miyamoto in at E3, what, two, three? 2014. 2014. Yeah. Yeah. yeah wow. The, ta the tag team interview we did for the. Yep. Amiibo and all that other stuff. First time yeah. seeing Amiibo. So Miyamoto turned on the TV and showed us this. It basically looked like a widescreen N64 game, and it was very low poly, and uh -huh. it was like kind of almost endearing in that he was showing us something that wasn't uh, clearly wasn't ready for the spotlight yet. We had just kind of heard rumblings that Star Fox was happening. Every time we saw it from there, I was a little more intrigued, but still sort of questioning the direction of the of the graphics, the art design, um, how freeform, the, the, the controls for sure, yes. If you're not yeah. watching, um, I'm moving my hands yeah. to show him the gamepad controller. And what we saw today was really pretty and looked really good. And all of a sudden I said, you know, like... Do you think so? Yeah, I do think wow, so. Wow, I'm, no, I'm surprised to hear that. I, uh, we, we produced, You're still on the you fence. Guys, yeah, I'm on the fence. And like yeah. the first time I played this game was with a badly calibrated controller, right? I so I got off on the, right, the wrong foot with it. You know, uh, they figured it out. Uh, at first, I think everybody's looking at me going like, man, does this guy play games? And oh, all I was right. laughing. Uh, it was, I was really, laughing it was so really hard. hard. I was so then right they, next to him. they fixed it. I got another go. I felt like the motion controls were difficult, but I'm like, I love Star Fox. Um, and so I was looking for the stuff, you know, that that I remembered from the franchise, including like the secrets and branching path. Right. I'm so happy to hear all that stuff is back in. Yes. So that makes me happy. I think they did make it look prettier. There are definitely now, you know, moments when you're flying over the water and it's shimmering. It looks better. But you guys just did a video where you compare this to the uh, graphics of the N64 version and of Assault. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I actually thought... Assault looks pretty good compared to it. Like it does not feel like this this generational well, leap on. over that title. Wait a minute, wait a minute. No? So you're more referring to I'm Star talking... Fox Assault's art direction, not so much like the graphics themselves. No, like, like the... the direction on Star Fox Assault to me was a much more futuristic and almost like a like a Japanese like mecha anime style yeah. of Star Fox. Like, I totally see that. that Seeing the footage, uh, we have the comparison footage, we right? Do. Where you have. Uh, it, it's art direction for sure. I mean, yeah. this game still, they, they kind of preserve that very flat look, right? Where it's <laughs> it's very um, primal colors and everything, which I don't mind. But um, but it also doesn't dazzle you. Like, if think about it this way. If you took Star Fox 64 with its super simplistic graphics, right? With this, the, poly, the basic polygons 
and you just dazzle people with like lots of stuff happening on screen, like complex things going on, lots and lots of enemies. Okay. You would be more impressed than with this game that is textures so, and lit. Hang on, sure. but I've played it and yeah. I have seen sections that felt that way. And okay, like then when show you're playing them, on guys. For, Fortuna, we did. Like, did you watch everything we, yeah. we have? So, I, I no. don't know. Like, when, you guys you are not going to convince me that this game looks amazing. I'm not here to convince you this game looks amazing, but I'm here to tell you it looks good. I'm here to tell you it looks better better than it did before. Okay, I agree with that. Both of those things are true. I totally agree. It looks better than what I saw at E3 for sure. And there are moments where it actually does look pretty. There are like, you know, there are moments where it looks good, but then you get. I mean, just think about what was the uh, the level with the uh, with the fog at the bottom. It That's was Fortuna. A... That's what I was talking about. Fortuna, yeah. right? Like the returning level. We saw yeah, that in from Star Fox Assault. Yeah, it didn't look and anything like that, by the way. No, and it's, at all. I like the I like the kind of the vines and stuff. And it looks yeah. good. But then you've got this cloud layer, this fog layer that just looks like a flat polygonal surface. You don't get the sense that there's like billowing know, clouds I, and I stuff. Think, I don't. I, I don't want to throw the nitpicky like complaint, but I will it say looks like very simple to me. It looks simple, but it still looks fluid, and it looks like. No, it's fluid and it works fine like I, I feel like that is a, a small thing to me versus like okay with the improved lighting and the way that level works too like from what I played you're going you're you're flying between these branches that sort of crisscross yep. and weave yeah, and I was you gonna end, say. end up inside of a branch and you're trying to like shoot down these Venus flytrap looking things and everything's taking a shot at you because the game is it so, felt so I have no problem much with harder I, I you know I'm hoping it'll play nicely and like I'm excited to play it too I'm reacting to the visual fidelity of this game. I mean, it's well. Are you talking? Are you talking about like texture wise, or are you talking about like art direction? Because I know for, it's both combined. It it's was like, sort of decidedly low poly for a while, right? And very yeah. flat, very geometric. Um, and I think that this time around, like it's you're actually seeing a lot of the flair, a lot of the sort of like um, kind of like architectural weirdness that they can yeah. shove into a game like this. There's a differentiation between the levels from 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 stage to stage that I mm-hmm. don't think we've seen from this game before. It really felt kind of like s- generic space corridor stuff yeah. for a while, and now mm-hmm. we're seeing stuff that like like that plant level, like yeah. it looks really cool and very interesting. And it's like that's what I want from Star Fox. I want Star Fox to be that have that sort of Star Wars feel, where it's just like you jump from Hoth to Endor or something else, and you're going from planet to planet. And for a while, I think Star Star Fox was basically just like flat grass textures and these sort of like mechanical huts built on top that you dove up and down through. But this, for the first time, we're starting to see a lot more variety in the stage and, design. And to me, I think some of the enemies can use a bit more of a facelift. I mean, like some of these guys, like the ones that knock over buildings, have not changed in over 10 years, yes. you know, from yeah. 1997. And Anything it's keeping that, f- that look. And I think that might be where the eyesore is because the ship looks great. For the most part, the planet looks good. I just I, I think that that kind of art direction is what is polarizing for you here. Yeah, At least yeah that's my and, and, and again, I don't yeah. I don't mean to be overly ne- negative on this game. And do. like, but when you see this, when you see the footage from this game, like my first impression is like, okay, you know, like a, a, so many years have passed since I first played this game, and it, it just. It, I wish there was a new hook to it. Like, play, there are a lot of 2D shooters or, like, kind of classic arcade game reboots on the other consoles where there's very little going on. It's, like, line drawings, but they use effects to great effect. Sure. They use, like, ah. really vibrant colors and brightness and, like, you but know. But this game has moments like that. Okay. It does. Then I, I need to, I guess I need to see more of it because so what me- I saw in the direct was... I like it. I, I love that environment. I love the concept of flying into structures, by the way. That was one of my favorite things and about the that. classic, yeah. like, 64. Um, and they do that a lot. So I already know that I like that. And I played a ground combat level where you drive into buildings. 
I love all that. I think that's cool. But visually and art direction, it's just so, it so let doesn't me tell you a few things that change the controls, cool. all right? Like right now, like Splatoon, one of the things that made Splatoon's motion controls work is having an easy button to quickly recalibrate the motion controller when it gets out of yep. whack. At E3, I will never forget, I was standing next to you, the controller was out of whack, you could not fly the ship, and there was no way to reboot it without rebooting the demo unit, essentially. Right, I right, mean, right. This is a demo unit. I'm, this is I don't a, hold this is a any, I will no, hold that I against this game. I know no. you're not, but they added that feature in, so that was always helping me whenever I felt like my hands were in a weird yeah, place. Yeah. I could just quickly readjust and get ready to shoot the next thing. I will say, though, that it is still a demanding setup where it feels like you're watching the big TV and you're watching the gamepad. And then we found out today... So I just published the preview for this thing. Mm -hmm. And when we talked to Miyamoto and we talked about other changes, the one thing that, I guess, oversight on my part, I did not ask was, has this motion control situation changed? At E3, the story to us was, you can switch them off and you can play it the way you would any right. Star Fox. And we just found out today, like you, actually, basically, yeah. Yeah, you actually can't turn them off. The statement yep. that they gave us says, the game has basically been balanced for that, and in some cases, it would make the game much harder if you did switch them off. It would not be a fun experience. Wow. So you are. this is a very, you're taking the motion controls or you're not, which is so odd to me because with Splatoon, they were willing to meet you halfway. Yes. Yeah. If you were willing to be, if you wanted to be a stick shooter and you wanted to go about it that way, you were able to do that in, in Splatoon, but to be fair, Splatoon is less about precision Whereas this game is more about precision, yeah. but I still think the power of choice matters. I, yeah, so I'm I mean, surprised by that move. To me, it's all about the uh, the tutorial, and that was my note when we first played Star Fox. Um, I said, you know, at, an, at a convention when when like somebody throws these controls at you, you don't have a lot of time to get adjusted to it. And I have no doubts that the final game will actually teach you how to use the motion controls properly and properly and ease you in. Um, with Splatoon, first time I played it, I'm like, yeah, I don't like this. I turned off motion controls. I went back to it later, and I found that setup to be superior. Right. And, you know, so I have hopes that Star Fox will be the same way, where you will realize that, oh, I get way more precision this way, you know, with, like, locking on and taking off bi out bigger groups of enemies that when you're playing that way, you'll realize that it was the right setup. But, yeah. but still, though, this is, this is the time where huh. they go... Motion controls, gamepad, like this is the big like. It just feels like, I mean, it's a it's a few years too late to be like this is a game. This is the game that shows what the Wii U can do. It's almost like, it like if 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 you buy something really expensive mm. and it doesn't work, and for three years your wife is telling you to throw it out, and you have one last hurrah, and you go, oh, this is the the, the surround sound system is perfect, or it's like me yelling at my Kinect up until two months ago, mm -hmm. at realizing it doesn't work all the time. Like it seems like a very odd thing to, and this game looks great. I just don't understand why they're they're so they're so forceful about saying you have to use motion controls for this thing. Well, probably but, because it will like whatever if they add the options. They will have to accommodate for them in in a variety of ways, and like maybe it got complicated when you have like the free f the the like when you fly around and well, you know, I mean, the there's a there was stuff. a section, um, and I'm forgetting the name of the of the level, so I apologize for that. Yeah. But we were inside, we were basically on a sort of a planet surface, like it was a cityscape, and there is a section where I basically because this is this is a roller coaster ride that's Star Fox. You know, the plane sort of takes a nosedive. You're going down into sort of this area, and these enemies are coming out of a doorway near the bottom. And so you basically fly and align yourself and fix yourself. And then there's sort of a turn that you're wrapping around, like a semicircle, essentially. Mm -hmm. And as the plane is basically flying, you are, like, just turning the pad and just shooting at these, like, biker enemies that are, like, coming by. 
And so in those moments, first of all, the transition there was a little weird. Like it didn't look like it was natural when it went into the position where it was about to start making the turn. Sure. But regardless, that section felt really good because I didn't have to worry so much about the position of my ship or I have no time to move. It just felt like a great ride. And I mm-hmm. thought that was good. I yeah. really appreciated that. Yeah. I like that about the about the game itself. Um, I will say this, though. Um, in terms of... I don't think this is a situation where the motion controls are unreliable. I think it's more that the sensitivity and you getting accustomed to it can be a frustrating experience. You have to and think a lot of things about a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, and that's where I come from when I say that this game has one of the more demanding setups than I think they've ever asked of people. And I'm surprised too for a Miyamoto game because Miyamoto games are usually very friendly. Yeah, and there are like sort of I don't know. I feel like over the years there is less of a barrier to entry. And this is asking a lot of people. Now, the two-player mode is in there. So one of you can fly the ship using a pro controller. The other person is aiming with the gamepad. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's going to be the better way to play this at home. Like, I don't know. Sure. Um, but I will say that what I played of the R-Wing stuff, and that's all they showed me, I enjoyed it. I yep. thought that the cool. roller coaster ride was there. Visual arguments aside, like, I felt really good. Yeah, yeah. And, and I love the I love the portals, right, that you can discover alternate paths. I always like that about this game that, you know, it's it's kind of got this arcade game length, right, where you can play through it, but then you can co- go back and you can find yeah. something else. And I, I dig that, and I'm glad that they went back to that. Yeah. And obviously, they are listening to fans on, on a lot of these changes, yeah, yeah, which, maps, which I phones. think is uh, is refreshing. It just so, seems, it seems strange to have such an, like an overly complicated control scheme for what will ultimately be one of Wii U's swan songs. Yeah. You know? Mm. I mean, are, are they so are they just confident that the people who will play this game are, are are pre-existing Wii U owners at this point? Like, have they given up on... I don't see them doing, like, console bundles for this game or anything like this, right? Like, we are in the winter years of, yeah. this, of this system right now. So... So remember, though, they played with this type of control setup for Nintendo Land, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. When you're piloting Samus's ship, right? They had more complex controls yes. in some of those games. And, like, I got to think that they asked consumers what they thought of it. I mean, I, I don't usually hear feedback about Nintendo Land saying the controls were so bad I couldn't play it, right? And no, so, but that was a very complicated segment. But, like, you, got, but a, you got used to it to the point where, like, in my house, the kids always want to play as the spaceship. Right, you know? right. Um, yeah, I made it work. I mean, it's interesting, and I mean, obviously they they uh, I liked it. They I was gonna say piloted this idea, but that's so stupid. <laughs> um, on uh, Star Fox, we 60- gotta move on soon. Star, Star Fox sixty four for three DS had motion yep. controls plus three D, which was like very disorienting. But um, after a little while, I turned on the sl- turned off the three D slider and just tried motion controls, and I actually found it enjoyable to to an extent until I. Try playing on an airplane or a train or something like that. Well, yeah, well, that's when it gets silly. Yeah, no, anytime uh-huh. you're, you're in public, it's a little. You're, yeah. just, you're about to elbow the lady next to you. And right. I have no problem showing off my yeah. 3ds in public. By the way, uh, I love thoughts. I love that the classic ships are in there. The classic ship retro R wing. Yeah, yes. so that's really really cool. It, like we we got there was a Jose showed us his preview to a bunch of IGN editors, and there was like this like clapping, cheering, laugh in the room. Yeah, seeing that for the first time because the juxtaposition of that of that model versus the very much more animate versions of things around it right now but, is perfect. But did you but did you notice how it had like this purity, like this classic look to it where it actually, you don't look at that R-Wing and go like, that looks terrible. It has like this pixel art sensibility to it. And that's why I wish like the game took more like 
it feels like the art style is generic rather than special. Sure. And like that that is ultimately my issue. Like so if it's generic, it needs to dazzle me with the best freaking explosions that Michael Bay has ever dreamt up. And it didn't quite do that. No, and it, um, I, I agree that the yeah. explosions weren't doing that. Um, yeah. But I think that once you play more stages, you may come around a little more on okay. this. Fair we enough. gotta move on. Uh let's talk about uh whoo, Owls. New owls. Owls uh hooting over the fact that Super Nintendo games are now on new Nintendo 3DS only. Now, this is a rollout plan that they basically announced, but you now have more variety to your virtual console if you choose to upgrade or have upgraded to a new Nintendo 3DS. They released the schedule, the usual suspects, right? The Link to the Past, the Super Metroid, the, the Earthbounds, Earth the Super Mario Worlds, the Pilot Wings, mm-hmm. the F-Zeros. Wop, wop, How, wop. I, my only disappointment with this... And I will, I will, I will be clear. I'm happy this exists. I'm You're very happy set up, about Brian. This. I can already, oh, I already see, like, see the fuse, the, the lit, the Brian. I was gonna say a good thing actually. I, I think this is really cool, but I am worried that in the direct there is no mention of pricing. Yeah. And so to me, that's just set off. Well, am I buying these again? And then <laughs> hit the reality, right? Yes, you are. Right. Yeah, you like are. regardless of like these small victories right for cross buy. Yes. Okay. Regardless of these small victories where they have tried the cross buy <laughs> experiment, where if you bought, for example, he's um, gonna totally like, buy them like all tipi- again. I know. I, I was expecting a very different Brian. Who are yeah. you, and what have you done with them? <laughs> uh-huh. No, but take like tipping stars, where like if you sure. bought one version on Wii U, you got a code for the other. And granted, the argument then is, well, you bought these a while ago. How, how are we going to give you a code? That's not for me to figure out, but I do know that for like super super loyal fans who have bought both platforms, and as someone who is one of those people, I feel really let down a little bit by this. Yeah. Like I'm happy these games are on the platform, but when are you going to start figuring out how to incentivize this and treat me with just a little more like, hey, bro, thanks a lot. Here, mm-hmm. this Maybe is like a coming. dollar off. Maybe it's coming. I mean, there wasn't a lot of information around the launches of these games. I thought it was really interesting that it's a new 3DS exclusive. You know mm-hmm. that. Uh, you know, I'm assuming it's a technical hurdle because, of course, they would want to roll it out to the biggest possible audience, right? Unless there is a unified account system coming soon and they don't want everybody to buy these games and have to buy them again. But who knows, right? Yeah, I, I mean, what does this like mean for the... they've always been aware. Sorry, yeah, go yeah. ahead. I, I was going to say, what does that. this mean for the NX then? Like, if I buy this game today, again, You're totally after buying it. it on the Wii or the Wii U, yeah. and then, like, you know, what does it mean for the NX, but... So if we go by history, when you bought your Wii Virtual Console games and you basically installed them on your Wii U, when they were resold through the eShop, they gave you a discount, right? They took off a dollar. It was like a dollar, a dollar 25 upgrade. Remember that? Oh, no. They didn't take off a dollar. They charged you a dollar upgrade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which I I was actually okay with. I said that wrong, but yeah. Because they added added some, like for the first time, they added some new stuff and it was like, uh, I think it was save states and or different little things Mm -hmm. like that uh, for for the first time you could do that. And for this, you know, like I want to just shoot through the positives real quick. Number one, um, this is only running on new 3DS because the old 3DS could not support that. So I think it's going to run weird. perfectly. It is weird, but I mean, I don't under I don't pretend to understand how the system Our architecture. System architecture, maybe mode seven yeah. is hard um, to pull off. And they've added this thing called pixel perfect mode, which is something that excites me tremendously because playing <coughs> something like Super Mario three yeah. on on the Wii or the Wii U, there was always that kind of like weird blurriness to it. The colors were seemed a little washed or something like that. Mm-hmm. So if they can nail it, that's awesome. And I, I will say, uh, again, you went through the list of games. You said the usual suspects. Mm-hmm. That's true. Some of these games have never been on a handheld before. Super Metroid has never been a portable game before yes. in history. Yeah. And now they've done they've done ports on GBA. They've done the entire line of classic NES yep. games on the GBA. There's been, there's been ports like crazy everywhere. But this game 
has mm-hmm. only been on the original Super Nintendo, on the Wii, and on the Wii U. No, and that's something to appreciate. When I say yeah. the usual suspects, I mean more the ones you're expecting totally. to totally yeah. be there, right? Yeah. Like, I- I'm very happy that Earthbound is on this list, by the way. That yeah. continues to inspire hope, at least in my heart, that... 2016 is the year that Mother 3 comes here, and that's not based off of any information. I was saying that at the end of last year, Mm -hmm. that 2016 could be the year this happens, not based off of anything but just, hey, they have gone out of their way to show people they acknowledge Earthbound. Maybe there is a light at the end of this tunnel, but they have other things to worry about. I I think it's great. Let's face it. The 3DS is the closest thing to a Super Nintendo controller. Mm-hmm. Right, and so it'll feel it'll it'll feel natural, not like some junky, you know, fan emulation project on oh. on, a, on a phone with a touchscreen. Right, yeah. like someone has a few. Of gonna, them. Yeah. It's not going to feel right on those devices, and so on the 3DS, it'll uh, it'll be right at home. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to <laughs> resist rebuying some of those games. I haven't rebought Pilot Wings 60, uh, 64, Pilot Wings, uh, the Super NES one. I haven't rebought that one. I it's, think since it first great. came out, I have the Super Famicom one. I always loved. I always loved that game. Yeah. I know it's a little sluggish now, but it has its moments and sure. can't beat sound effects like... Whoomp. Yeah. I mean, Pilot Wing 64 was the same way, but I mean, if you're listening to this show now and for some reason, some miraculous reason, you've missed all of these games forever, I mean, there are some like truly, truly incredible like top 10 games of all time oh, yeah, games of course. on this list. Oh, yeah. I mean, Link to the Past, Super Metroid, and Earthbound are just three of the greatest games ever made, period. And I don't, if they're probably going to be able add what Contras, yeah. Castlevania, yeah. you know, there's yeah. really good Super NES versions of, mm-hmm. a, of a lot of franchises. And what are the, mm-hmm. so do we know the pricing on these things? No, I don't have them in our news story, but uh, hopefully by now you can just open up your eShop and, and tell. I wish we would have checked before we got in this room, sure. but sadly we didn't. Um, but My, I will say uh, just one more thing with the Pixel Perfect mode. Actually, on, on Wii U, I felt like Super Nintendo games were the least affected. The, mo- the, the most yes. affected games were always the NES. The games. NES, which is weird, right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought it was really strange, too. I don't, I don't get it. Um, but My yeah, guess the- is they're going to be $7.99 because that's what they were on on Wii and on Wii U, right, for, for Super Nintendo games. I don't want to put it out there because then we got to do a whoops segment next week. So let's, oh. just, let's just let that one go. Let's just put it out there. Yeah, just, just let it go. Um, sure, instead, uh, let's move on. Actually, let's take a break. We're going to be right back with more of nin- our thoughts on Nintendo Direct. here with Per Schneider and Hi. Brian Altano. What's up? We looked at the price, and what is it? $7.99. So the price is right, US. Brian. You get a new car. I get a new $7.99 but game that I've bought three times. Per volunteered as Tesla. Do you want it? But maybe they, no. Maybe they'll do some <laughs> discounts or some special promotions so like Japan, they are in Japan. they are. Yeah, yeah, Japan, they're half off. So All right. Move uh, to Japan. We'll, we'll see, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. All right. Pair, uh, quick plug Apple. for IGN. Oh, Go. yeah. No, we just want to do call out. Um, first of all, thank you so much for supporting the podcast and listening to NVC. NVC's got, you know, uh, a few hundred thousand listeners on iTunes. It's really, really awesome. That's awesome. And some of you guys are even watching the videos on IGN. That's always very appreciated and, and on our YouTube channel as well. 
We know they were a little hard to find, but um, also wanted to call out. We we have a bunch of apps, so if you uh, if you own one of the newer Apple TVs, you can actually get NVC on your Apple TV. Just install the IGN app, and uh, you know uh, watch our show, either the full shows that we post or the clip outs. The more viewers, the more content like that we can bring you. If you don't have an Apple TV, it's actually pretty cool. I got one. Uh, we're also on the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. I know I'm crossing the streams. We're unfortunately not on the Wii, Wii U. We always wanted to be. We'll but, get on the NX. But, you know, NX, we're going to make a push for mm -hmm. it. So install our apps, check out IGN on some of those platforms, and uh, you can get your NVC on the big screen because we're so much uh, more beautiful on the TV. It really does look good there. I've, uh, I've, I've watched a bunch of IGN content from my couch, and it's, like, cool to not just be hunched over a laptop. I think there's that, uh, there's that notion and understanding that to watch Internet stuff, you have to be that, like, it's, pterodactyl perched over. But it's, it's really not like that. It's the way I force my wife to watch trailers, like movie trailers. Oh, really? Because she would never look up a movie trailer online, yeah. ever. And so, you know, sometimes in the evening, I'll pop on the uh, IGN app on the TV, and then I'll just like, hey, check it out. They're remaking this. Hey, check it out. What Ghostbusters looks like. <laughs> and she'll be like, oh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's how we catch up. Yeah. All right. So next up on the list is Mario Maker and Splatoon updates. So I thought Nintendo was done with Splatoon. How cool is that? I have been hoodwinked for the last yeah. time. Um, and I also thought that since they were done with free Splatoon DLC, that we would start paying for Splatoon DLC, which is also not yeah. the case. So uh, nice job, guys. So far, uh, so good. You, I'm still playing that game. I wish I had more time. I want to play more. Okay. Um, you know, I keep getting sidetracked by all these other projects and, and games that are coming out. But, mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's really, really cool to see them support this game and still balance it. You know, like they're rebalancing some stuff to encourage usage of some of the lesser weapons, right? Like mm -hmm. the lesser used weapons. Mm -hmm. um, very, very cool. And Mario Maker, man, I, I feel like they're going to support this one for a while. Yeah, it was really cool to see. I was... Yeah. Uh, I was kind of holding out for like one more filter. I really want like a Game Boy filter. But in the meantime, uh, the keys and door stuff they're doing is really cool. The new um, spikes that come down are just awesome. That's great. And yeah. I, I really loved how they presented it too because they said, here's the thing you can do. And then here's the craziest version we could come up with in five seconds of just like, here's the spikes that come down. And then here's the version where they all come from different angles. Well, we've seen that in yeah. some like new Super Mario Brothers yeah, or, or even yeah, yeah. Super Mario World where everything just comes at you at once. Yeah. Side. Yep. yeah, it's so and scary. When you take a community of really passionate like ma level makers and, you know, I can't wait to see what some of the like really high end like crazy guys are going to do. The ones oh, who yeah. make impossible levels, but they're only that they ask so much of you, not so mm -hmm. much that they're putting Kaizo blocks everywhere. That's right, what they call right, the, you right. know, the invisible blocks every yeah. once in a while. But the, but the, but the key, I think, is I also... Those. <laughs> huh? Kaizo no, I, blocks? Yeah, they call them Kaizo blocks. Okay. I put a lot in my level <laughs> against Kaizo. those. Oh, yeah. You know what? <laughs> this is a family show. I can't tell you what I think. Go. Right. But the uh, I think the key, is it may seem like such a small item, but it, it turns the it turns Mario Maker more into an adventure game maker because you can create much more complex yeah. puzzles, right? Like, you find a locked door and you need to figure out where the key is and like creative level level makers have found ways around that by engineering really kind of tricky ways for you to have a, a door system like I, I made some levels where where I really I was like I wish I had a freaking key in order to funnel users yep. this way yep. and like this is really cool. I'm going to go back and, and make some more levels. The yeah. red coin thing is really cool too. Um, That's really cool. I was sort surprised of adds, at that. Uh, like a, a metagame to the level in, yeah. that you're already in. Uh, and I think it might even pare down on the sort of auto-run levels if 
more people get inspired to start making these kind of mini collectathon levels because that's that to me is like a lot of what Mario not started as but definitely became um, at least by Super Mario World when you're collecting the dragon coins or New Super Mario World where you're collecting the big coins and stuff like that yeah. that's always a big like for me running through a level and beating it is one thing but going through getting the five red coins like that's always a second sort of like micro game inside and, so. and that was one of the issues kind of when creating levels you struggled with setting objectives for users without like spelling out in coins saying go get this yep. first right yep. like some people created uh, like for example if you have like a spike strip like you can't mm -hmm. get past it unless you're big so you have to find a mushroom so you can take one hit right like people created this kind of like adventure game setup where you had to have uh, you had to find an objective with the coins you can actually do that yep. right like you can require that a person finds all the coins in order to mm -hmm. progress and I think that's really cool yeah, yep. very happy about that. No, totally agree. Um, I just uh, ending thought. Really happy to see Nintendo developing this game as a platform. I was concerned going into Super Mario Maker that it may have been a hands-off, one and done. I think the major lesson learned from Splatoon, which is why we bundled these together for this segment, is just the idea that they kept the conversation going on Splatoon for a year because there was always something coming to right. Splatoon. It always felt like every other week, even if you didn't care for Splatoon, you were hearing this week we got this, or we got a weapon, or we got a map, or we got something like that. And so I think it's really smart um, of NCL and, and NOA to just double down on that. Yeah. So far, it appears to be that way. I did have an interesting conversation with a friend of mine, um, and he pointed out that he kind of, and, and this is a friend of mine who's a, a programmer, and he kind of pointed out they may be in a position where they can't do paid DLC with Super Mario Maker. And this is just conjecture. This is obviously speculation. We don't know this for sure, but... Basically, the minute you commit to paid DLC, you are segmenting your audience. Yes. Right. Yeah. And so what happens there? You know what I mean? Like in Mario Kart, if you choose not to buy a costume, it's not a problem because – It's cosmetic. Yeah, it's yeah. cosmetic and the person by you can just be Link while you can yep. keep being uh, Yoshi or whoever it is you, you want to use. Yeah. Whereas in Super Mario Maker, it does affect the tools and it does affect the levels – and ultimately, anyone should be able to play these things. So, well, but, but they could how would every, this work? Everybody could play it, but only the people buying the DLC can utilize it. So it would target creators and not players. Yeah, and that's, that's how a you would smaller have to do pool it. That's to target. It is yeah. absolutely yeah. a smaller pool. That's right? interesting. Um, so, like you said, yeah. they, they, I mean, they could do character skins. It was cool to see Tetra. This time yeah, around, yeah. like the fact that they're still making new skins. For oh that yeah, game, yeah, like, no, totally. Wait, I don't even call them skins. Whatever they are. Um, and I guess they could do something like, if, say, for example, they sold me a Game Boy skin and I use it for all my level creations and I could upload it. That's a cosmetic thing. But the second you get into something that like, oh, uh, these are, you know, laser fireballs or something like that, terrible Mario power mm -hmm. up or capes or something, something that isn't really uh, something that isn't isn't there all the time. But I can use it. But but you can't because you didn't buy it. Um then you you absolutely do run the risk of segmenting your audience. And mm -hmm. you see it with almost every online game with with a season pass. Like I, I play a lot of Star Wars Battlefront in a couple of weeks. They're putting out Jabba's Palace. Uh, oh, 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 oh. You have to buy that, you know. Yeah. And ah, if you didn't, ah. like th those online servers aren't going to be populated. So it's always been a problem. Um, everyone's still sort of figuring it out. Nintendo's only kind of stuck one toe in the pond. It's still a little weird to hear them say stuff yeah. like season pass, like they uh -huh. said it for Fire Emblem, you know? Yeah. It's mm -hmm. like, it's like, oh, wow, they're, yeah, they're just saying <laughs> fire season pass and DLC. Like, they were always kind of like, we'll ship the game, we'll complete, and then we'll make a sequel a year yeah. or two later. They um, were very vocal on their own yeah. terminology too, right? Like free to download or free yeah. to start. And, and now the gloves that. are yeah. off. Yeah. I, I don't yep. think they care anymore. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting to see where this goes. I think you're, you, you and your 
friend are totally right. Actually, a good friend of the show, Francisco. Thanks oh, a lot, yeah. Francisco. What's up, Francisco? Yeah, yeah. No, it was, uh, He's been yeah. on the show, right? Yeah. He has been on the show. Yeah. yeah. All right. So then let us stop there, and we are starting to go into some of the minutia at this point. Actually, let me ask you this. What is going on with Tokyo Mirage? Uh, sharp Fe or what? What's <laughs> well, it's got a name now. first of all. Well, it's got, it's yeah, this Tokyo is the first time we're getting that name. But Sharp Fe, <sighs> what's going on with that? Um, no idea. I'll tell you what went on when in Japan it tanked. Yeah. Oh, really? Which yes. was really surprising because it Very. felt like it felt like it tapped into two universes that I thought would would open this game up in Japan. But it is also it is far removed from. Persona, it is far removed from Fire Emblem, right? So it, it's an, I mean, I think it's cool. It's got a, uh, that, that it has a real title. It's still kind of like the typical, like, gobbledygook Japanese translation title, right? Like, right. anytime you have to have a tilde or a number sign or an asterisk yeah. in your title, it, 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 it feels, it, it feels like, that game will not see mainstream success. Like that's it's just which, my which isn't you know, always the the case, right? In, really in quick, I want to correct myself yeah. though. Tokyo yeah. Mirage Sessions, Sessions, Sharp Fe, so uh, hashtag Fe. Um, not always the case. <laughs> bravely, Bravely Default is still the poster child for you can have a weird name no, obvi- and you're obviously. gonna be fine. I, and Bravely Second is about to come out in the and, U.S. It's out in Europe already. And yep. we're used to game titles like Donkey Kong, of course, which is yeah. not Fire Emblem. Like, but like there's Where? just there, you know, there 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 are titles like if you think back to the the Sega days where like some titles have literally tilde characters in their titles yeah. in their names and I always it's just my preconceived notion that that means that game will sell 5000 copies in the US and sometimes and, and it not happens and sometimes this is yeah. the pair roulette yeah. it's, I like it no it's it's just yeah it's my uh, it's my prejudice but yeah it is um <laughs> it's such a weird title. I don't know what to think of it. I have to sit down with it. You did you play the Japanese version a little bit or no? I don't really have an interest. I usually import but, but a lot not, of Nintendo games. You're not into J-pop either, right? That's the problem. And, and yeah. so that well, there's... wait a minute. I was into Genki Rockets at one point, which oh. if you know who those guys are, uh, Google it. That's uh, famed g- game creator uh, of Rez, who nice. uh, that's his band. D- d- I dabbled. Yeah, but. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm too old. I like when when I was in Japan, like Komi Komi Club yeah, and Southern All Stars were popular. She's and gonna all get into J-pop. What she's into do? K-pop more than oh, into J-pop. Interesting. Yeah, okay. kids nowadays. But uh, but but I think that's it, right? It is a title created for a very specific niche audience, especially in the U.S. And um, I I think it's really cool that we we're seeing games like that in the U.S. It, that song ain't about you, Jose. Like, oh, no, that's it's not fine. For you, you can throw it at game. me. The Carly so, Simon line totally works. Let's talk about that. It's not about me. It's about Seven new, uh, seven other new Wii U and 3DS games from today's Nintendo Direct, which uh, Andrew Gofarb, awesome dude, put together a great story. So let's just go one at a time and uh, yep. lightning round reactions. Sure. Sum it up in as quickly as you can. No offense, listeners, but we got to go. Give me it. Mini Mario and Friends Amiibo Challenge for Wii U and 3DS. Go. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I'm. I will say that I've I've sort of been less and less interested with the Mario vs Donkey Kong series as it's progressed. It started out incredibly strong. Uh, if you go back to Donkey Kong '94 and then the uh, DSI games that came out after that and GBA games and stuff like that, really cool stuff. I will say kind of less and less. I was pretty lukewarm about the last one, but this one looks really cool, and I'm all for giving it another excuse to drag out the amiibo, scan them in, and and play through a cool puzzle game like this. See, I still had fun with the last one. I've, I even finished it. It's just one of those games that is perfect for travel, I yeah. feel like. like I'm not going to play it on the Wii U as 
as much as I will play it when I'm on an airplane. And I think that's the, the perfect la- kind of bite-sized content. The last one was cross-buy, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, well, yeah. yeah. It was cool. So I actually finished it on the DS yeah. and not on the Wii U. I got, so, yeah. I got uh, way more into it on 3DS as yep. well because I remember just being on a cross-country flight and being like, this is perfect. It's the closest thing Nintendo has to a mobile game, like a yes. traditional mobile yeah. puzzle game. Yeah. So I've played this because yep. it's out in Japan oh. already. Um, and I it was tied this. to the same promotion. In terms of uh, you had to buy an amiibo to get a code. I wonder how they're going to distribute the code. I mean, you're going to get it on the receipt or at the register, like I'm, or on a card. Like you I don't tell really me, know I, have, sure. I have bought all the amiibos. I got to buy another one. To buy it. Well, you're going to buy another one. That cloud's not out yet. I you're know, totally buying I know, another one, I know. and he's not going to be out by March 25th. But probably one or two of them are, and I don't know. So let's not get into that. Um, it is just like Tipping Star, but the way the amiibo work is that they unlock an island that is basically themed around that character, and each character has a unique mechanic. So, for example, Mario can wall jump, whereas uh, Yoshi can eat enemies that are coming towards him. Whereas, uh, how, many, yes. how many characters are in this game? Um, it's the Mario set. Oh, okay. So, I will, yeah. will I get plus a code? Rosalina? So, will I, I get a code Mario. with Cloud? It doesn't matter what amiibo you buy. You just you need to code. buy one. As long and as you, you buy an amiibo, you get a code. But it won't work. It won't necessarily work with the game I'm buying it for. It will. So you, there is uh, a generic little character who has no special power, or at least uh, uh, that, let me not say that. I'm not. I don't remember a special okay. power. But there is a generic character. So if you swipe an amiibo that is not one that is included Grab-yo. with the game, they'll yeah. still do it. His yeah. name is Grabio. Grabio? No, I'm just, I just He's made making it up. It up. Yeah. We He's never talked about un- uh, Slippy's Uncle Grippy, by the way. <laughs> Let's save it. Let's save it. We really <laughs> screwed up today. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. All right. So then Pocket, uh, pocket Card Jockey, a Game Freak game. Super excited for this one. Really? Yeah, it looks okay. great. I love yeah. cartoon horses. Anything uh, Game Freak will get my attention just because yeah. whenever they deviate from the Pokemon formula, it can be really cool. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I've always said on this show I'm a big su- uh, supporter of Drill Dozer. Love that game. That's a Game Freak game on the GBA. Uh, so I will give this a shot just on the virtue of their name alone. Same here. They always take, uh, they, I mean, they always take a very simple approach, right? Like they're not, their games are never graphical powerhouses. It's always about a very simple game mechanic that's done well. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll check it out. Too. Well, I, I think of stuff like Gunvolt and Box Boy, and they're like smaller game titles that uh, they they don't have a three year long console life cycle or yeah. development cycle. But they're turn out to be really fun. And if this looks like one of those just like quick little downloads for 3ds that I can that I can play for. A while and get into like this is gonna be cool okay uh speaking of azure striker gun vault uh, azure striker gun vault 2 was announced yeah i really like the first one i'm gonna give this a shot but where's um, my box boy too i think now that's color. next that's your next uh next that's direct. your next direct or yeah. like if if by e3 they haven't announced it it's after or the one before where they just give it's you the games they don't right? have time for yep yeah um yeah no they'll say it i um, didn't buy the japanese version because i'm holding after. out for the i US bought the japanese one. version i haven't oh, been playing it though i'm the worst uh okay so next thing lost reavers for wii u this was formerly project treasure right. now uh, Lost Reavers. It was released in Japan a while ago, by the way. We do have access to it if you guys yeah. want to try it. Go. There were some astute IGN fans who predicted this game was going to be included in the, uh, in the comments they said section. It last year. <laughs> uh, yeah, also Sorry, a bunch kids. of stuff got got leaked. But um, mm-hmm. no, uh, you know, like I I was watching the gameplay. I'm like, oh, this brings back memories of like PSO, like Fantasy Star Online, or or you know other other kind of four player co op games that I really enjoyed. Um, technically, it doesn't look that great. Mm-hmm. You know, it looks yeah. choppy. Um, uh, it looks. I don't Marty know. Marty hates looks, the UI. The UI is everywhere. Yeah, but it's uh, also free to play, right? And yep. so it's a game that you can try out, and if if it hooks you, then you didn't <coughs> pay a dime to uh, to really kind of see it. Okay. So, uh, well, so Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix. Yeah. Woo! 
Yes. Hell yeah. Yes, please. Like, I know this is the most excited I will ever be on the show. Thank you. This game, I played through it. I finished it. I can't wait to play it again. The multiplayer is really fun. It's up to four players. It's great. Uh, It is the most charming rhythm game you will ever play. And trust me when I say this, Rhythm Tengoku, the best of plus. (laughs) It is serious business. Like, do not underestimate this There's no better sumo slapping simulation. Oh, man. (laughs) That that one's so good. Of of the thousands of sumo slapping simulation games, this is easily the top. Well, it's funny because I sequestered you both, like, separately in a room to try the game. And you guys remember, like, we're all just sitting there, heads bopping. It's it's so much fun. It's such a good time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, give it a shot. All right. It's, so it's like, to me, it's like it's classic sort of what I want from Nintendo. You know, it feels yeah. it feels like WarioWare plus a rhythm game. It's it's just so much fun. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, we already talked Get about that. Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE. We brought that up at the start. Uh, is it Tilda? No, I'm kidding. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> and Asterisk. lastly, was was Disney Art Academy 3DS, uh, which. I don't think it's for this crowd necessarily, but I think this will blow up in Japan it's, just because anything Disney know, blows up in Japan. For kids. Mm-hmm. Yep, totally for kids. Yeah. Uh, completely agree. Uh, as somebody who went to art school, I'm all for Boop. kids kids drawing more. That's yep. really cool. Yep. Uh, like I, I actually didn't get into the Pokemon Art Academy because I'm not super big on Pokemon, but if one day they make one of those games based around... They're kind of like the Lego games, right? Like They're really fun if you love the source material, but if you don't, you're like, ah. I thought you were going to say Garbage Pail Kids or something. Like You didn't finish what they based it Art on. Academy Garbage Pail Kids? <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. You, that'd be, yeah I'd love would. to know how to draw those little booger boys. All right. Yeah, those Ooh. cards. Were, I will never forget those they're cards. They're so nasty. Yeah, they're gross. All right. So, um, cool, cool. Let's end on... Have we talked about Paper Mario? No. Paper no. Mario and Kirby. Okay, so those are the last two, right? So these yeah. are the two uh, sort of big one, one of them not so much a surprise I guess both of them not so much a surprise I feel like Kirby games are a dime a dozen but here's well, but another still, one we didn't know that one existed huh? right Fair and yeah. like they've been playing with the art style and this one is kind of like a return to you know like the GameCube days really kind of like art style well, like triple yeah. deluxe yeah. it's triple, triple deluxe, deluxe again yeah. which I wasn't a fan of so I'm gonna let yeah. y'all talk yeah uh, it looks cool I mean I <laughs> I will never hesitate to try one of these games um it's it's the what, what it always comes down to is how long I end up playing. What I like how you jettisoned himself out of the room, like Padoo. hey Kirby, goodbye, peace, mic drop. <laughs> yeah. um, no, it's just like, want a shot to yes, be fair, but keep no, going. me too. I'm gonna I'm gonna play this game. Uh, I don't know if it will grab me to the end. It's like one out of three Kirby games really <laughs> is is something where I'm just like, okay, I love the mechanics, I love the hook, and I'm gonna stick with this and hundred percent it. Like when they get me, they really get me. Like something like Canvas Curse. I, I unlocked everything in that game. You yeah, know? I end up playing the ones that have co-op functions. I end up playing with yeah. with one of my kids, and and they're always enjoyable, right? Like the just the basic setup of taking powers and like playing around with that, and the the character is so freaking cute, right? Yeah. Like, um, but it does look it does not look unique. It does not look distinct, right? It feels like an expected update in a series, and it's not one of those games where you're like, I can't wait. Till this is on shelves. Like, if you are, you know, if we have a listener out there who who is waiting, like counting the days till every Kirby re- uh, release, email us. Let us know. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And Paper Mario. I'm letting you guys it's, keep going. Yeah, so I think it's the unofficial prequel to Mario Sunshine. Like this no, is wait, how wait, the world of Mario. <laughs> so you are that's straight up thievery. Martin Sleva we, of IGN fame that, said that. You, that that is not that original is, material. You can't prove it. I can prove it. You I was can't there. even prove that there is a man named Marty Sleva. That sounds made up. That's true. Silva, maybe Sleva. Okay, but you, it's but on. it's basically like you, you you can yeah absolutely you can uh, you can smack things in the world and turn them colorful. That's basically mm-hmm. it, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. you're creating a big 
big old mess. Well, that's what they showed. Not really. You're you're bringing the color back, right? The yeah. color is gone. Like a popular Nintendo theme. We've seen it in Mickey Mickey games too. Splatoon. We've seen it in the Splatoon, but that that's less about restoring. Yeah, I guess it is. You're yeah, dropping yeah, no, paint yeah. every second in yeah, that game. Yeah. Yeah. That but, dude um, needs to show up in, in Box Boy uh, so, and fix stuff over so there. So the precursor the thing, to Sunshine, because at the, the end you're going to turn prequel. into the yeah, unofficial yeah. prequel. Go. So um, I um, I thought it looked really cool. I mean, the it art looks, looks very really cool. good. It's, it looks it's very, it's very, very sharp. Yeah. It's very tearaway. Like, yeah. it's got that... Uh, folded, handmade construction paper look, which, to be fair, Nintendo's been doing with different art styles for years. They've done, like, obviously, yarn. They've done, uh, like, Splatoon, where everything looks like it's made of paint. Um, There's something really charming about that. Uh, Again, I really, 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 really wanted to love the last Paper Mario game on 3DS. And there was a couple of, like, little things that kept me from doing that. But ultimately, like, I, I think it's... When those games are at their best, they are pretty strong RPGs and pretty strong platforming games. Yeah. And when they're at their worst, they're they're not great versions of either of those things. But I think this is heading in the right direction. And if they fix some of the stuff that was kind of like the kind of backtracky stuff or the uh, evaporating item problems, uh, uh-huh. boss fight things mm-hmm. that were in the 3DS version, um, this should be really cool. Looks mm-hmm. super down with yeah, it. Yeah, it just looks beautiful. It, it, it looks like it's going to be fun to just kind of see the new, like, areas and effects. I always think the Paper Mario games have have such a wonderful battle system, right? Yeah. Like turn-based R- turn-based RPG battles that you actually pay attention to and you participate in and you, you know, you time your button presses. I always love those games. Well, if you look at how, how Mario RPG grew up and then split in two directions, which is mm-hmm. the Mario and Luigi franchise and the Paper Mario franchise, I've always heavily lean towards the Paper Mario yeah. side because it's just cooler to me. It's just more yeah. fun. The art direction's better. I like the character designs. I don't like that sort of like um, one button, two button thing with Mario and Luigi. It's just like, and a lot of the side characters aren't very interesting. But in Paper Mario, there was very well written. Uh, the one for, for Super Paper Mario especially just had yeah. some great writing, great characters. Yeah. So, um, They've I'm, got a good sense of humor. Yeah. We, this was less of a surprise because I think we'd all kind of heard rumblings about this one for a little right. while, but still it doesn't make it less uh, any less interesting. And it's like we're getting another Mario game for Wii U, you know, like that's yeah. really cool. They're not just sending the system off alone with a couple of DLC updates and a couple of small games, and then hopefully Zelda down the line. It, it was Star funny. Fox and, and Star, Star Fox. Fox. When and they Star when Fox. they showed when they when they were showing that game, I was actually surprised at the the how good it looked. Like I was, I don't know, in my mind, I was almost expecting this kind of more like pixelated retro style for Paper yeah. Mario, where the characters very blocky, but these look like they literally look like little paper, yeah, um, you know, post its and things and. I I think they'll have a ton of fun with that. Which is cool. Yeah. I like the fact that they took a, an art style that they've been kind of honing for 10 years and they brought it even closer to where we are with the, the yeah. graphics on the Wii U. So yeah. that's that's great. That's pretty good. Now let's get to the most important part of this story. Uh, yeah, so I'm getting there. Um, I know what uh, – well, I guess I, we're on the same page already. Are Metroid we? Prime Federation. Oh, no, absolutely oh, not. Oh, wait. Actually, before we talk about that, <laughs> very briefly, <laughs> because you guys don't care at all about this, Monster Hunter Generations. Come on, Yes. You know, yes. I asked him, like, why great. are you not more excited? He's like, I, I'm excited Dude, I inside. I was busy. Mm-hmm. I had so many things going on. You can't just stop me and say, oh, are you excited about this? Yes, I am. The Monster Hunter series always delivers. And this, is it's it based new? off of Monster Hunter X, it- which is already out in Japan. Right. And it takes sort of, if Monster Hunter was already Street Fighter 2, this is like super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, where like, Dash. you, you have your, I'm going to let you finish. Okay, no, go ahead. <laughs> Where I'm you loud. have your where you have your like super attack that you can unleash, and it has it has like a lot of flair, and you're able to like knock these monsters over. 
that's one of a few things I'm sure that this thing does. Plus, it already looks gorgeous to me. I always lo- love the way the Monster Hunter games have looked. Very tribal and colorful, but also still something that sure. has always kind of been, uh, you know, consistent and good. Mm-hmm. So is this another, like, 40-hour campaign? And <sighs> These things are pretty big, they're too, right? Long bigger than that. games. Yeah. yeah, you will play this for a long time. Not me. Um, I will play it for three hours, realize I'm terrible at it, and then and yeah, back out. You and I buy to... all of them, yeah. and then I give up on all of them. This happens. You it's would like... not survive if we did, if we had to start over. And I know. Mag- I'd be like killing everything, and you're well, just here at home. Yeah, if that's what it came down jokes. to. It feels like like that. There's this restaurant everybody loves, but every time I go there, I, I just order the wrong food and I don't like it. But everybody else is like that place is awesome. Like no, that happens all know? the time with I, games. Are I you keep, kidding me? Yeah. I keep trying to like, get into people these. People tell you the In and Out fries are good. They're not good. They're terrible. Well, you got to put stuff all over them. Like they, they're not. I good. love the In and Out burgers. Well, think, the problem is, I think plain is good, but we need to push on. Yeah. So I'll let you finish. Go for it. No, I was going to say, can we Fries. please get to the most important moment of the Nintendo Direct? No grippy yet. You got to hold on to. Damn the it, Jose! Hang on to your to the reins because we still have not <laughs> talked about the biggest elephant in the room right now, which is Metroid Prime Federation Force. Yes. Um. So it's a little elephant. They showed you what essentially was a sort of less produced, you know, sort of presentation uh, in terms of, okay, this is what, these are the bullet points you should have focused on at E3 when you showed this game at your digital yes. event. Um, at least to me. I felt like they made it very clear sort of what this game is. A little bit too much on its backstory, but a lot about, like, here are the differentiating factors. Mm-hmm. Here's what where the Metroid vibe fits. Here are the things we're aiming for. And I felt like between that and the fact that I played it again, um, and actually played the real game this time, I walked away with a better understanding. We have a preview on the site, so you should check it out. I actually am positive on this game. I think it is a good game for, so, from what I've dumb, seen. Dumb question I asked you, which I, I, I feel like I should reiterate for anybody that was on the same page I was, but this is not a touch control game. This is not a stylus-controlled no, game. No, this is not this Metroid, is not Prime, Metroid Hunters. Prime Hunters. No, yeah. this is the controller the way it should have been, Yeah, mm-hmm. um, using an analog stick. If you're a new 3DS owner, nub. you can use the nub, but I don't think that's a great idea, personally. The nub is very small. It is not FPS games. To me, the right stick has to be something that is easy to put your finger on and very easy to manipulate back sure. and forth. And the nub, and I have big thumbs, so maybe that's the problem. But it doesn't feel like I can keep my thumb consistently on that thing. Like even in Monster Hunter, sometimes I struggle in swinging right. the camera around, and I use the, the lock-on targeting system instead. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to hear your thoughts before I tell you what I played. Well, we so we obviously have not played it, um, yeah. so we have to go by visuals. And like I am always surprised that it's made by Next Level Games, who made some really pretty-looking games yeah. in the past. You know, like but if I'm you think ba- of beefier if you think of Punch Out, and you know, like they they had great character models, and that to me is is the big, the Achilles heel of this game is the platform it runs on and the way the characters look. It Nothing says Metroid to me no. about this game. Like no. the, the way it looks does not sound like a Metroid. It does not look like a Metroid game. And sure, you've got little no, chibi no, no. Samus popping up, but you but know, that's like... that's not it. Like I, the, the gun position, the UI, the most of the way that it's set up and delivered, the presentation, sure. like yeah, okay. when... Uh, I, I mean, I will uh, say granted, the ca- you haven't played right. it. Now, now, now call who? that... Like, no, you. The, the, oh, the, thanks. The, 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 who? <laughs> if, it's, if it's him, <laughs> I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, the character design, I will 100% go with you. It's it's chibi. It's sort of almost generic. It feels kind of custom robo-ish. But the, the the design in the rest of the game, the HUD, all that stuff, very Metroid to me. Right. I mean, if you go back and look at Metroid Prime now, and if you strip away some of the particle elements in your mind and the sort of the, the raindrops and stuff like that, it is a very sort of flat kind of polygonal game when it comes to the design and a lot of the Take enemies. Take that back, it's gorgeous. 
it is gorgeous. I don't mean that in a bad way. I actually yeah. love the low poly look. That's why when I see stuff like this, Take like I saw uh, somebody total side tangent, but somebody started making. Um, Virtua Fighter action figures that are based on like the low poly models. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was like, I would kill for the one of those of like ones. Mario 64 or Banjo nah. Kazooie. Like that low poly Ocarina of Time look is something very endearing to me. And I actually like when the 3DS tries to push uh, polygons to that level, but they're still flat and colorful. Right, That's right, why right, I love right. the Wind Waker so yeah. much. So I think this game, um, it works really well. I'll say what I've always said from the jump if this game was happening uh, congruently with an actual proper 2D or 3D console, full bells and whistles Metroid game, people would be like, like, awesome, cool, love it. Because it's the only Metroid game we've gotten in a very long time, yeah. all eyes are on it, all pressure's on it. And it's got a lot of standards to live up to. And I don't think that's entirely fair because I like what they're doing. Yeah, and I want to piggy that, piggyback that, piggy that, piggyback <laughs> that. Grippy that. Grippy that. Because um, had Triforce Heroes been the first Zelda you've seen in forever. Oh, man. Everyone would have yeah. understandably like kind of flipped, and yeah. I, I let me not say understandably because I feel like the folks who are upset by not having a Metroid, a, a Samus like Metroid Adventure, I get where you're coming from, but I don't think that it immediately eliminates this game's chance yeah. of being good or not. Like, no, I think they, that that is a knee jerk reaction that is unnecessary. I, yeah. I just you're entitled to your opinion, like 100. If you're not impressed, you're not impressed. But if you're taking out on this game that it is not Metroid Prime with Samus, that is the wrong way I think to look at this. Yeah. Well, okay, but. Yeah, I mean, everyone, people who love Metroid games want to play more of that franchise. And we had this this split where we had the fantastic 2D games. And it is not that hard kind of from a – it's not that hard to make them, right? Like if Nintendo, Nintendo wanted to make another 2D Metroid See, I game, got, I got a problem could. with that because I don't it, think it's I – I, I mean, we're not game developers. Like I don't think we should just label this is not that no, hard. No, no, but, like, but for – Metroid has a certain sort of system and a, a labyrinth that works a certain way. And when it's done and, wrong, it's bad. Yeah, and yet yeah. and yet there are indie developers out there We've who are making that. roguelikes who are making 2D uh, adventure games that are really, really good and have been countless Metroid clones that were actually good as well. Absolutely. If they wanted to make a beautiful 2D Metroid game, they could make it sprite-based, they could make polygonal stuff, they can do it, right? Mm -hmm. We've seen companies like Konami make Castlevania games that were really, really good We've on the system too. We've seen bad ones too. And they just went away. And like, you know, the reason is obviously... A, a lot of 2D games don't sell, but I do feel like the 3DS, this is one system where you can make one of those games a success, and we've waited for such a long uh, time for a Metroid game that I do think one would do well. And that's that's ultimately the issue here. We have these two sides. We have the 2D side, and we have the 3D side with the Metroid Prime games on the console, and they were gorgeous, and they were awesome. Then we had a 3D offshoot that was sure. not awesome, and so we're going to that well again. And now we're we're changing the characters to be chibi, and we're changing the game setup to be different again. Yeah, and that's ultimately that's the issue. Like, I want to play another Metroid well, game. Yeah. Well, but when you say going back to the well, I think you're overlooking the fact that this is the way it should have been from the beginning in terms of the control setup, in terms of how it feels, in terms of how it plays. Yeah, I just you don't can want say that the, game. Art, the, the art is is. Definitely reduced from like what they were pulling off on GameCube. Yeah. You can say that. You can also say for next level, like I'm surprised, like you're going with this art style, which is in a lot of ways beholden to how Metroid Prime works, but it is within the limitations but, of a 3DS. But again, this but is exactly what I'm saying. Uh, like, it, yeah. uh, 
pair what pair is saying is feeding in exa- exactly what I said. If we had another Metroid yeah. game to go with this, you'd be like, this looks cool. Yeah. Like think about when Metroid Prime Hunters came out, when Metroid Prime Pinball came out. If you dropped the Metroid Prime Pinball trailer at E3 yeah. 2015, having not seen a Metroid Prime game in 10 years, that would have been even more downvoted than the one we got right now. But the reality is that game dropped in between what three and a half, four right. different Prime sure, games. Sure. Like, right after two uh, portable or two uh Side scrolling games, yeah. like, but was, why? But why is that? But why is that mandatory asterisk of well, we haven't had one in a while, so we're going to take it out in this game? Why is that okay? Well, I don't think it is. Not, I don't think you're doing that, by the way. I you don't just haven't been impressed no, by this. No, I don't I, think it is. For, I, to I hear. Look, I'm keeping an open mind uh, that the gameplay is good, and I, I, I trust you on that, right? Thanks. It's just not. First of all, visually, we can all agree it is not a game that immediately attracts you. We go like, I really feel like playing it. And so right. that means it has to sell on, and because we haven't played it, it has to sell based on the license. And that's where I feel like it is weak because it is the generic soldiers in the forefront and not Samus the hero, right? So like, and I tried to fix that so by, tell you what by showing her. All right. But, like, qu- quick step back. Sure. If, if there hadn't been a Punch-Out game in a long time and then they say, and Punch-Out is coming back as this collectible card game, you'd be like, oh, come on. No, I wouldn't. Right? I'd be like, I'd give this a shot. But really? I'm also pretty well, even keeled. There's very rarely okay. that I look at some, and I have a history on the show. Like, yeah. folks can look at it. There, are, I'm sure someone listening will find the one instance where I was like, I don't want that. Like, I think Hyrule Warriors may have been the time I was like, I don't I don't think I yep. want this. Right. But um, I I'm also giving it a that, shot, by the way. Like, I will I definitely will. check it no, out. No, no, I know 100% you will. Um, but let me, let me tell you what I played. So I played two missions. Yep. One is the third mission of the campaign. It was called Smokestack. Uh, we played it as a twosome, but we also played it as a, as a team of four. And it had sort of the the ambient feel of when you land on the space frigate at the beginning of Metroid Prime, okay. where nothing is happening and you're there to investigate a very specific thing. The levels are short, uh, but at the same time, you have combat sort of escalating the further you get in, the further you get in. Yeah. You can hover using like these, these boots that you saw during your direct. You can use charge shots. You have auxiliary ammo. You have a free shot. And your free shot has certain like damage parameters, right? Mm-hmm. So through modifications that you earn by playing the game, you can boost those things. Yeah. You can basically have a stronger free shot or a stronger sh- shock shot. Mm-hmm. So based on your loadout that you take in, you can sort of modify your suit to make that loadout more effective. I think those are all good ideas. That sounds cool. Um, can that was the that first mission ended with a boss fight, which uh, was a, a generator like enemy. It's like a, a self aware like basically. Um, uh, it's a fridge. Core. You're shooting a. Fridge. You can say a fridge. Yeah, yeah in exposed spots, and yeah. every every at, at during yeah. a cycle, basically the whole room fills with gas. You have to retreat to these platforms, fight off. Uh, what we call in Destiny ads. I don't know if you remember that, but basically like mobs of enemies that will come out. Um, And then you rinse repeat till you kill the boss and then Spice Pirates show up and you fight them too. The second mission I played, I enjoyed a lot more. It was 16 missions in. Uh, I think it was called Slipstream. It's a different planet in the same system. Mm -hmm. And you basically, imagine this table is a big flying uh, contraption, like a a base and there's a signal beacon on it. So basically it's a trap. You guys get dropped off. It's a trap. The ship that you're on gets blown up by Space Pirate Warship, which is flying directly where this camera is in relation to this table. And you are basically pushing orbs to the other side of the of the stage yep. to fire them through catapults over to that ship. Gotcha. You have 10 minutes to kill that thing okay. or you wipe. And yeah. the thing is over. And the entire time, Space Pirates hey, are flying all this in. destiny lingo mm-hmm. in here. Yeah, I am. Keep going. But, but Des- even though the Space Pirate AI, and I don't think Space Pirate AI was ever something that was amazingly well done. I always thought the Metroid Prime games had AI that 
try to make you think it stayed alive, but ultimately you can kill them pretty quickly, even right. though that aspect of it wasn't super polished. It's very similar to Zelda. I mean, they're yeah. enemies that like don't let you hit them from yeah. the back, and so... Yeah, but yeah. we got crushed by that by really? the second stage. That's yeah, cool. because so many enemies were coming in, and the, the warship that's in so, front of you blows certain holes, like it'll vaporize holes in the platform, so you can't just push an orb up the way you normally would. By the way, the orb skills do translate to the blast ball skills, which in the context of a sports game was not a ton of fun. In the context of firing back at this thing I thought was fun so that's so everything you say though it sounds like you know there it's original it feels good it plays well it runs smoothly right you said too right which is like in the direct it does not look that great like running um, and that may be just compression or, or how just they captured like some it. art styles just don't look that but good the, but the difference, to th- the difference to the last four player Zelda game we, we got was that the game creators knew the power of the system and said let's let's make the presentation familiar like link between worlds like a top down perspective right and so it it still looks good it's not mm-hmm. the graphically most impressive game either and some people freaked out saying i don't want a four player zelda game but you see it and it looks like zelda whereas like you see this and you're like Wait, what is this? Right, and that—that right. that is, I think, why sure. so many people react negatively. They—they they have been waiting for a Metroid game. They love Samus. They love the character. They love turning into a ball and all sure. that. And what they got is something very, very different. And I totally hear where you're coming from. I don't want to sound like super combative in all this, but I do want to say you should check out the the video preview we did. Yeah, um, it shows footage of all of this. It's on the site, by the way. So if you're listening to this and you're like, "Well, I want to see what he's talking about," yeah, go check it out. It's it's narrated. We go, we walk you through the whole thing. And at the end of the day, I felt good about that game. I felt cool. better than I did when I saw it at E3. The E3 reveal was a disaster. Like, it was. It, it absolutely was because it wasn't just that you didn't get the game you wanted. It's just the sports game that showed up. No one wanted to give it a chance. No. And I could sympathize with that. Right. But now they're showing the game that is the thing that actually they were aiming for, right? Mm-hmm. And you can argue they're doing a half and half job on that, right? Like, I feel like, you, are you open to this thing or are you also like, I don't want to play this thing at all, Brian? No, no, totally. Totally. Yeah. I'm, I'm into it. I'm, I like it. And actually, I'm one of the weird people that really liked Metroid Prime Hunters. Um, okay. to, See, to I, ex- didn't, I didn't like it. To an extent. I mean, it did yeah. hurt my hands and I thought it was stupid how yeah. every time you beat a boss, the planet blew up, but then you also had to fly back to that yeah, planet. Yeah, the single player was such yeah. an afterthought. The multiplayer was really the only thing that that game <laughs> so, pretty much did right. Let me ask you this then. Does this game have a single player? Like, can I play through the entire game? Is this going to be a Triforce Heroes situation? Yes, but I did not play it in single okay. player. Um, and you have basically like these uh, these like bot assistants that help you. Do I have to carry them everywhere? Do no, they turn into stone no, people no, with no, no eyes? No, um, okay. <laughs> I wish I had tried it. We're, we're going to have to just wait till the next time it comes sure. through and we'll definitely sure. get some hands on with it. But uh, we did play through the stage multiple times. I got yeah. Brendan to come over who's been on the show before. He enjoyed it. Um, Sam and Andrew were watching. But I... I don't know. I hope people will give this thing a shot. Is all I'm saying. I like, think they I, will. I, I agree that like it is. It isn't being released under the best circumstances, or it isn't being shown under the best circumstances. But there is a game in here that's actually pretty good. I think a lot of people are upset that it's not the Metroid they want, but that's not going to stop them from still begrudgingly purchasing it and probably <laughs> having a pretty good time anyway. I, I think that's what's going to happen, right? Like, there's always this feedback there, the instant do not want feedback, and I'm guilty of that too. Right? I mm. really want another Metroid game. Same. Those games are so freaking good, right? Yeah. And so. When you see something like this, your initial reaction is like, "Well, that's really not what I was hoping for." By the way, this happened during the N64 era. Like we we kept on saying, "A Pokemon game on the N64, please!" And it's like, "Here you go, Pokemon Stadium, right?" And you're like, "Ah, oh, that's not what I want." Um, and they stuck to their guns <coughs> with it, and we begrudgingly played those games, and they were fun as well. Yep. Um, 
Hopefully, this is better than Pokemon Stadium because Stadium is actually not that great. But <laughs> well, hopefully, it lives yeah. up to the, your gold standard for it. I think that it's not going to it it's not going to be that labyrinth Metroid experience. There is room to explore, but it is pretty like tight levels. Sure. But um, at the same time, I think they are trying things in the right ways, and that to me says let's this is worth a shot. All right. Cool. Thank you so much for listening to the Hello Voice Chat. We have made it through the entire episode, and I don't think we missed anything. No, nothing at all. Just grippy. No. Just grippy. No, it's fine. Have your to... moment. Grippy. No, we... grippy. 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 We'll talk about Grippy next week. Grippy a Toad is Slippy Toad's weird new uncle, and they're in the new game together called Star Fox. What's it called? Zero. Zero. No, there's a second game. Oh, f- Guard. Guard. Star Fox Guard. Yeah. Everybody knew, but then they didn't. Uh-huh. Grippy... <laughs> grippy Toad in stores this April. Go check him out. He's very creepy looking. He's like the Wario version of Slippy. I very, I really like this character. He's is there an amiibo of this character? Oh, yeah, in a is, heartbeat. Is there, like, is there something dirty going on with a naming convention on these It's a characters? little weird. It's a little weird. Slippy and Grippy. Yeah. Well, I mean, so Slippy... Here's my, here's my theory. Trojans presents... While we're here, open oh up your... God. Slippy and Grippy. I'm here's my theory. Open up your, your DeviantArts and start drawing because... Uh, here's here's the thing. No, not like that. Uh, so Slippy is a disaster, right? Historically, this dude's never had his ish together. And he's flying all over the map. He's screaming and yelling. He needs help. Grippy, he's got a hold of things. Oh, yeah? And he knows what he's doing. He's an A-plus excellent pilot. And he's probably going to be a really good person to have in Slippy's corner. Because I think of the very first time, Slippy's one of those people, you can, you can teach a man to fish. Or, you know, you can give him a fish, right? And I think yeah. they've, he's been getting free fish for 20 years now. And finally, Grippy is here to teach, teach Slippy how to fish. So it's funny you, you say all this because uh, when I talked to Miyamoto, I got he told me the, the backstory on, on Grippy. Oh, really? Do tell. And the way, uh, the way scoops here. Star Fox Guard works, uh, Grippy is apparently, um, he's sort of a uh, rare metals collector. And he tells everyone he oh, mines he's a them. He tells everyone that he mines these things, and because he says that out loud, like robots come to kind of invade his base, mm. and then he basically blows up all those robots and takes those minerals. So it's it's a trap, this, like is what oh. it is. This could have been a Pikmin game too, yeah, where you know the monsters come to take your fruit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. it you know it's this fun. Uh, what, what do we call it? the tower defense? Like, you like real it? time. I had fun with it. Yep. Yeah, I think uh, if. If the enemy patterns get crazy enough, I can see this game, if there's a room of people in it, like you're having a good time with it. Yeah. This is not a game, I think, that shines in single player, but by in the my way, opinion. By I the think way, it can be played that way, but I think the best part is... When they showed people. it off in the direct day, it had, it had its own box. Yeah, box this is a standalone disc game? Is that, is that, it was Okay, so let me help you guys out. Yeah. So it is a pack-in game when you buy the retail version of the game. So when Star Fox Zero is first available, it is being sold together with this game for okay. the price that it's, it's being sold. It's a double pack. Right. It's a double pack. If you choose to go to the eShop, um, you could basically buy them separately, is my understanding. It's For more money. I haven't gone into pricing. My my assumption, because knowing Nintendo, it would be at a discount. So take Bayonetta, sure. Bayonetta 2 and Bayonetta. Right. That's how they did it, right? right? You bought one, and then the other, you would get, like, the discount for sure. it, essentially, from the price. It's really um, interesting. Like, I, you know, we've seen in the past, like, mini games bundled into Nintendo games. Like, every Mario game had, like, a little mini game added, mm-hmm. you know, on the GBA. But this is so weird that it's, yeah. like, basically two standalone games, but they, they decided, oh, Guard cannot be a single release, so let's bundle it. I just dig, like, if they... 
if it really has two boxes in the package, I think that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, and like it definitely that. kind of incentivizes you if you're going to get the retail version versus if you go digital, where you're not going to get that, the, yeah. you know, the fancy packaging and all that stuff. You don't, you don't just hide, you don't, you don't hide Slippy and Grippy in some little sub menu. You don't put Grippy in a corner. Is that what you're going to say? Jesus, <laughs> you all said right. it, not oh. me. All right, uh, last quick thing on that. Um, hang on, uh, what do you guys think of the whole like? Uh, I, we got to go soon too. Sorry. You can create an enemy pattern and then upload it and your friends can download it and try to stay alive against it. Yeah, it's, it's smart. We used to call this game Five Nights at Miyamoto's, by yeah. the way. What happened? Uh, there are no creepy animals in it. Um, no, I think that's really Oh, cool. there aren't? Well. Really? <laughs> I can think of two. It's robots. <laughs> by the oh, way, I forgot when, about when, the, when the level's over, a, a big robot frog <laughs> comes out. And it has an animation where it just goes around the entire level, hopping and picking uh-huh. up the, mer- the the rare metals, and it is hilarious. It's so I, weird. I, I think it's. I mean, Nintendo's having fun with tower defense. Like even Fire Emblem Fates has the the invasion game built in, right. right? Like the depending on how you set up your your village, your town, you can place you know defenses and buildings in the in the path of your enemy and like assign your your characters, and then you unleash your creation on the web and upgrade it and make it better until you know people are frustrated and. Hey, you so um this sounds like the same thing where you can just you can experiment with different patterns until you break your friends yeah yeah no good time you you must really like this uh who me Mm -hmm. um we'll see i i had a good time with it i will say that i just i want to play it again i only got to play one level sadly um and we weren't able to capture it so the footage that you see in the videos on the site was provided by nintendo versus you know us being able to do it but that said uh about 100 levels he said, by the yeah. way, that too. So just to throw that in there. I think that's cool. Sad uh, reality, though, and not that I feel like this was doing super well out of the gate, but the same year that Star, uh, excuse me, Project Guard was shown, and that's the game that turned into Star Fox Guard, is the same E3 where Star Fox proper got announced, but also the same E3 where they showed Project Big Robot or Project Giant Robot. I forget right. which name. Giant Robot. Uh, we're going to put an interview up tomorrow, but that game has not been touched. Uh, since it was shown at E3 okay. because the focus shifted to Star Fox. That was just a tech demo then yeah. and it probably will forever remain one. Yeah. He said it he happens. hopes they turn it into something someday. For the 40s, yeah. Uh, but, for, yeah but for now, um, submarines it's, it's, and robots. it hasn't been touched. Also, uh, the prototype Amiibo that uh, Miyamoto told us about at last year's E3, so they were talking about the, R-wing? the, the prototype R-Wing Amiibo yep. that can transform. We're also yeah. running a story on this. Uh, canceled. So uh, they could not make it kids safe. They tried multiple prototypes, but you know, child safety is an issue, and that has to—that's one of the guidelines for Amiibo, right? It's one of the pointiest starships in starship history. Yeah, they yeah. wanted something that goes from the R-wing to bipedal walker, the chicken walker, as Para loves to lovingly call it. Mm. And uh, but that, I would—I would love just the basic R-wing model as an yeah. Amiibo, I think but so even too. that is yeah. too. I'm really surprised they're not doing anything like that. It's very—it's still very pointy if you think about everything else. Um, now they could pull that off, yeah. right? I think they can. Yeah. I mean, there are smooth, you know, sort of edges and things that they could do. I'm sure there are plenty of child's toys that, yeah, ha- that have kind of figured it out. Non-transforming them one. Uh, I don't like the chicken anyway. Maybe. Or, I don't know. I mean, is there a market for Amiibo for, you know, the older audience? I don't know. I don't, I, well, it seems a, like there isn't to Nintendo now, but would they consider that? No. That, you it. get into, like, that's like high-end collectible territory. Because you, you can know? still get sued, too. Yeah. You know, like, oh, if really? it looks too much like the other Amiibo and it's the same brand, like some uh, brand. There's, there's, yeah. it's, it's, so Alana Pierce is our toy editor. We hired yeah. her a few months ago. She has this box on her desk of a $100 Fox McCloud statue. That's the high-end sort of, that's the adult wow. version of Amiibo. Does it look yeah. cool? 
It looks very cool. I yeah. saw the R wing that First Four Figures is making, like the big R wing. Oh, like really? This big, yeah. It's oh, like, man, I love Star And you pre ordered it no, with the GM bucks. I have too many. I ordered a Sideshow uh, Boba Fett, who's like this. Big. Oh, did you really? It's, oh, it's oh so those good are the looking. best, man. Yeah. That's like one Let's of the coolest. Ship it now. Oh, really? I'm never coming to work again. That is one of the coolest figures Still ever sitting made. next to Boba Fett. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Well, that's all the time we have. Thank you so much for listening to Nintendo Voice Chat. We're a weekly show on IGN. You know the whole spiel. But thank you for listening. Send us feedback at nvc at IGN.com. Send us feedback also on iTunes, actually. I yeah, just yeah. thought about that. Yeah. Give us a Leave good us a review. review. Doesn't have to be good. I mean, just, I'll review. You know, a review I'll, is nice. I'll twist your arm a little bit. Take, See if you can make it a good one. one if star. not, you know, that's, that's on you. One star for Brian. Hey. One for all of us. Five. And then one for IGN. Whatever gets you to five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, I, okay. And uh, lastly, you can find us on Twitter. You can find Pear IGN. Pear IGN? You can find, <laughs> you can find Pear IGN. Pear, Pear Schneider. Do over. You can find Pear Schneider at? Pear IGN. You can find Brian Altano at? Agent Bizzle. You should change it to Agent Grippy. Yeah, you and think so? And myself, Jose underscore Otero. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll be back next week with more Nintendo Voice Chat. Fox? Oh, that was weird. Grippy. <laughs> we Thanks, need your we help. We need your help. We need your help, sir. No! Harry, you got 45 oh, seconds. <laughs> you like it. Dun, 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 You're supposed to take over. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.